Thank you for joining us on this episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and Drew Stennett, where we examine current and emerging technologies through the lens of diversity and equality. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of Eminent Teachnology with Dr. Rochelle Newton and uh, Drew Stennett. Almost forgot my name there. Uh, hopefully, that's not, uh, hopefully, the podcast gets better now that I've remembered my name. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about uh, Rochelle's business. So this is something I've always sort of been, I've always sort of wanted to talk about it on the podcast, Rochelle, just as sort of a way to uh, get it out there and also sort of like explain what it is. Um, so do you want to give us just like a little, uh, sort of like a little overview of uh, what your business is, Rochelle, and like why you started it and, uh, and what it's for? Absolutely. So my company is called NASIC, and that stands for Newton Advocacy Strategic Inclusion and Tolerance Consulting, NASIC. Um, and I call it NASIC. I don't go out with that whole word. And I started the business in 2020, in the spring of 2020. Um, I, I work in IT. I had worked in IT for a long time. And I had so many people come to me and ask me, help me with this. Help me with that. How do I get through this? How do I get through that? So I thought, well, okay, maybe I could put my insights together in a company. So one of my colleagues at, at Duke was having a difficult time with her supervisor and um, didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. And she had tried all the traditional routes, you know, going to institutional equity, you know, going for, you know, going over her head or his head. I don't know whether it was a male, but going over that person's head to talk to somebody. And none of that had gotten her any results. And she thought she was close to being terminated. She thought she was going to be terminated, which she was. Um, and so what I tried to do was counsel her. I am at the time a Duke employee. Um, I knew all the players and how challenging this could be. And uh, so I tried to counsel her. But she was so hard fast in her belief that they fired her because she was a black woman and she was an older black woman. And so certain, shortly after that, of course, they eliminated my position. And so, you know, the first thing she did is got on the phone and told me, told me so that I knew they were going to get rid of you, too. You know, they're going to get rid of all the black people. And I said, I don't think they're going to do that. They may thin us out a little bit, but they're not going to get rid of all of us, you know. And so my company, I thought, well, OK. People need to figure out how to create their brand as opposed to seeing them as in themselves as an employee of a company. So you and I both work at Duke. So we are Duke employees, contract employees at that. We sign a virtual contract when we start, you know, that says we are going to adhere to all their rules. But Duke does not sign any contract with us other than they'll pay you, provide you benefits, but they aren't providing you any contracts or any kind of things that says they're going to advance your career or try to think about some career pathing or something they can do for you. So most of us spend our time going to work like the little uh, robots that we are. We do our work. We work, eat our sandwich at our desk and we go home at the end of the day, we get up and do it over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And then the brand is that company. So like do that color blue, you know, that shape of the D, all that's a part of their brand. People should have that too. People should have a brand and see themselves as valuable to the organization as organizations consider themselves to you. So, you know, if you know who you are, like I could take you pick on you. So you are a Linux guru. You are an excellent coder. You know a lot about security. You are just a very broad employee. So, According to you, you are Drew Stennett. 
But to me, you are the Drew Stennett because the Drew Stennett, like the Duke University, like the Google, the Microsoft, is a brand because look at all these things I bring to the table that increase your value every day. And if you saw yourself like that, you would not go into work anymore and just see you're doing menial stuff. You'd see I'm making a change here. I am reshaping this organization in the lane that I have. So that's what my company started out to do is start helping individuals create their brand and get their stories out there so that they can move themselves up the corporate ladder without feeling like they are grateful to have a job. You know, I can't yeah. tell you how many times I've heard people say Duke and the golden handcuffs. They wouldn't be there except for the golden handcuffs. <laughs> well, that kind of ties you to them in a way that makes you vulnerable, right? Because if you work for Duke and all they're offering you is the golden handcuffs, it's the, the, the thing that's got you, uh, you know, sated there. Mm-hmm. You think about it in, in a lot of ways, they can take it away. And in fact, they did, right? So you remember, you know, in 2020, 2021, it took away paying into our 403k, you know, uh, because they could. They didn't have a contract for us to say they weren't. And what most of us did was grin and frown and, you know, feel a little frustrated, but we just went along with, what if that couldn't happen to you? What if as, as, as the juice did it, they might've cut the benefits of Rochelle and all these other people, but they come to you and say, Drew, I know how much you mean to our organization. I know what we would, we would be able to do without you. We're going to work this out with just you. We're not going to take away your 403B. And believe it or not, there are people in Duke that happened for them. There were tons of people who did not get their 403s touched or did not, not get a raise in 2020 or 2021 or whatever it is. There are plenty of people who kept getting what they were getting because they are their brand. So getting people yeah. to see themselves as a brand, one. The other part is inclusion. So getting companies to retain their employees. So my ideal customer or client would be would be a Duke, right? So Duke does not acknowledge it has a race problem other than superficially, you know, they say little things, but really they do. The majority of the employees that leave Duke are mostly black and brown, unless somebody's retiring. So why aren't they retaining that talent? So they took the time to hire them, train them, put them in places and all those parts. Why aren't they working to retain those people? And so creating a culture where everybody fits in. You know, they have these huddles and all these other kind of things that they do to kind of get through the problems of the day. One of the problems of the day are the people that they have working for them and they don't focus on that. They only focus on the things that are, are significant to their bottom line. So, you know, making more money, getting more students, graduating more students, more healthcare. But in reality, they can be so much better if they retain me because every time you lose a person that historical knowledge, you reinvent the wheel again. Right. Mm -hmm. And so not everybody's going to stay with you. Not everybody's the best employee. You don't want them. They don't want you. And sometimes there should be mutual separations. But letting go of people that are so significant to your organization because they find you distasteful is bad for the organization. So we work to help people create people culture for all the people and create environments where people feel like they belong. And that's the nice thing. Yeah, uh, that's awesome. Uh, I'd like to talk a, a little bit about the branding piece. This is something that uh, I've never been able to put into words, but you've described like amazingly many, many times for me before. So I appreciate that. Like, it makes me think of, uh, I've had like a lot of uh, mentors, you included, and uh, something that I never really 
put together until you described it was one of the uh, one of my mentors. Uh, I'll throw out his name on here. I'm sure he doesn't mind. Is this guy named Jesse, who like he constantly he's really good with security, and he always has like stickers of himself that he's handing out, and like uh, he'll have like a picture of himself on his cufflet, like very like weird things, but not in a. At first, I was like, well, he's not being like a. I don't know what's the right word. Like, it's not about his ego. It's more about like, he's just sort of like pushing this brand out. And now like everybody knows, like maybe they wouldn't remember, you know, Jesse, the guy that talked about security that I met, but they remember, oh, that weird guy that like gave me a sticker with his face on it, like <laughs> to put but, on but my lap. I know the Jesse you were talking about. And I will just tell you, that's a perfect example. He's brilliant. He knows security up and down. He left and went somewhere. I don't remember where he went, but he left and went somewhere. And I still think I keep up with him every once in a while. But I am so impressed of how comfortable he is with who he is and what he brings to the game. So he doesn't come, like when he went to the new company, I mean, like the company he worked for before wanted to keep him. But they had done such a piss poor job of satisfying his needs to be successful for himself. Right. So now he walks around. And so when he goes to talk to company, why he's not going to talk to company? Why is Jesse? But he's going to talk to company. Why is Jesse the brand? Look at what I'm bringing you. Look at what I have done. Look at my view. And, you know, some people think like on LinkedIn, you have 5000 connections or you have people following you and all that stuff. And all that's great. But it doesn't pay the bills and it doesn't get you a job. It's that point where you stand out that everybody wants to connect with you. Everybody wants to follow you. Everybody wants to hear what you're going to say next. And that is something you do through confidence. It's something you do through showing what you are able to do, your compassion, your humanity, and your sense of who you are. And very few of us really understand self-introspection, right? So when when you come home from the end of the day and Guess when you walk out of your office at home. <laughs> when I turn my chair around to right, the TV. Right. <laughs> so when you walk out, do you decompress your day? You know, you know, and you and I talked about this ago when we were talking about reviews. Like, how many things did you do today that saved somebody's ass? Whether it's the whole place or whether it's the department or whether it's just yeah. one thing, that's your brand. And yeah. you have to tout that, right? So this morning, and, and you don't tout it at somebody else's expense. This morning, we had an outage of X. Here's what I found, and here's what I have been able to do to resolve it. And here's what I'd like you other people to do to help make sure this doesn't happen again. One, you establish your sense of understanding and and how things go, right? So that's the first thing. You're inclusive because you bring other people in, and you are educating because you're telling them what you did to fix the problem. All that's a part of your brain. You know, so there was a problem. I identified it. I fixed it. I brought other people into the loop. I gave them some education on how to help this not happen again. This is a part of the Drew Stin. This yep. is a part of what I did. And it's not, it's almost like a Tootsie Roll label. It's wrapped around that thing, twisted on both ends. So it's no parts of it leaking out, but it's stacked up like dominoes. All these things that I'm doing every single day. So I always talk about this, you know, in our, our text and collab lunch, you teach us stuff all the time. That's a part of the Drew brand. I am an educator. I am an educator. I educate people. I am self-aware. I go and learn more. I recognize my flaws and my shortcomings. 
but I go and I learn something new every day so I can do this better. And I bring other people to the table. That's a part of the Jew brain. Yeah. Uh, and I, I know you're talking about me there and I, I appreciate that. But as you're talking, as you're saying all that, I'm like, Rochelle does all those as well. So <laughs> <laughs> that is a very inclusive eye. Um, I think one of the key parts you bring up there is like, uh, like when you do this stuff, you can't, you also can't just like keep it to yourself, whether it's like not teaching other people or also just like not, uh, I mean, bragging on yourself is maybe the wrong word, but like letting other people know, if you don't let other people know what you're doing, then they're not going to know, right? Like you can't just magically expect the people around you to be like, oh, you know, so-and-so enhanced this or fixed this or did whatever. Like if things just sort of happen, the people that are in charge of, you know, uh, career growth, they may not know it. So like, I found it very useful to like, keep track of that, right? Like, oh, you know, I built five servers today. Let me just, let me just make a note of that. So that next time I meet with my boss, I can let him know like, oh, hey, by the way, like I built five servers instead of, I think what a lot of folks in technology tend to do, you know, when you have conversations with the higher ups, they'll be like, well, what have you been doing? It's like, I don't know, you know, I built a couple things. I don't really remember what they were like, I got a bunch of calls. I don't really remember what happened. And it's like, well, maybe those things that you built are awesome. And, you know, maybe those five calls that you were on, you are helping five people or you are helping four people and one person was helping you and, or the other way around. But just like sort of keeping track of that stuff is I think. But, is but I think. what's more important that is not just to share it with your manager or your higher ups. So, you know, the, the interesting thing about LinkedIn and LinkedIn is a very unique social media platform. It's set as professional platforms. It's like a zillion ads and people posting inappropriate stuff out there on LinkedIn. But to take, like, let's just say for the month of February, you've got your little notes you've written down at home mm -hmm. and you put that into some sort of synopsis and you put that as a part of your LinkedIn profile. And every time you update it, you know, everybody that you're connected to is going to see it. But that part of building your profile out is how you build your brand. And while we're talking about our friend who hands out the stickers and all that stuff, what's wrong with that? Do you know back in the 70s and 80s, people used to do that with business cards. You used to go work for a company. The first thing you did is ask for business cards. You could pass them around to everybody. You know, I mean, like you went out to the bar, you went to the restaurant, you gave the waitress one, you know, like, I want yeah, this concept. That's a great point. But, but the point is, I bet you, I bet you they remember you. I bet you they remember because that's, and, and what our friend does, and, and I absolutely love him. I think, you know, ever since I've known him, I knew he knew security hands down. You know, you didn't even have to guess. You know, he, 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 he was prolific in what he knew, and he didn't mind telling you and sharing with you. Yeah. The brand that he is is why he is where he is now and why he's moving at the rate that he's moving. And yeah. that's what I'm trying to get people to do. And a lot of people throw it back in my face. Well, how come you don't do it yourself? Because I am a black woman who is terrified of everything around me, right? And that's an absolute fright, right? So what do I look like? You know, how am I seen? You know, am I angry? Am I hostile? Am I indifferent? You know, what am I? So for me to go out and put all the stuff out about the things I've done, and, you know, I have done a lot. You know, I feed okay. people still to this day. You know, people need something, they call me, you know. Law students still, you know, all of this is still there, but I can't promote my branding that way because for one, I'm already well established, but two is what you said earlier. People think I'm bragging. 
So there's no point in me trying to brand me. So what I'm hoping to do is take my experiences, pass them on to others and have them brand themselves so that the next time you're up for a job, it's no question you're going to get the job. It's no question that you're the one because I can walk on water and part the Red Seas. Here's why. And that kind of thing. And, you know, you, I don't know if you remember this, but a few years ago, education became really interested in portfolios. Everybody had a portfolio, mm-hmm. portfolio. And usually that was safe for architects and, you know, people who did work that required them to have photographers and things like that. But yeah. education got hot on portfolios for students to create a portfolio of their body of work and to keep expanding that. And they had a whole bunch of tools they bought or experimented with and all that stuff. Yeah. That concept is branding, except for it's not meant for you to keep track of what you did, but to share what you did. So you create your portfolio of work. It's sort of my, like going to an art gallery, right? Yeah. You go into art gallery, the artist is standing around and you're just going around looking at his works. We don't have an art gallery, so we have to have another way to promote that. So that's how that is. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I wonder if nowadays, like this doesn't fit with all uh, IT positions, but like a lot, I've seen a lot of people like make their uh, their GitHub profiles more public, right? So like instead of just having, you know, code in your GitHub repository, they'll put you know where where they work, where they're what they're interested in, like a list of projects that they've been working on, and all of that. I, I found all of that really interesting. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about the business, uh, you mentioned like uh, teaching companies the value of diversity and inclusion and like I feel like that's one of those things that a lot of businesses are probably blind to like before I worked at Duke like I don't think anyone even like mentioned that as a as any sort of like priority it was just sort of uh something that maybe happened in the background that was not uh at the forefront front and I I hope that that's getting better uh in the world but (laughs) Yeah, you're shaking your head there. So I'm, I'm assuming that's maybe not the case. Remember, you know, I said this to you earlier, white people are tired. They are tired of hearing about race. They're tired about it. And they're, they're have it, they have it thrown in their face every single day. You know, you know, do these black people think I'm a racist, you know, or, you know, whatever. You know, I look at TV. I wonder is he in the clan? I wonder is he in the clan? He looks like a clan member. You know, going through that process based on what they said. So yeah. white people are tired of the race conversation. The diversity officer, they're tired of this. You know, I had one of our one of the leaders tell me black people need to pull themselves up by the bootstrap. And I reminded him that if you don't have no boots, you don't have bootstraps, right? And so the fact that at any day, somebody could wake up and say bye. For a white person, not I'm generalizing, I'm not making it, but for a white person, if you were let go from your job, you got friends who will come to your rescue, start climbing through the, the pieces of finding you another job, helping you out, giving you money, calling, making sure you could pay your bills, all of that stuff. That happens, and I see it every day. Every day, people, that happens. You know, People get laid off or whatever it is. But black people lose that job there is nobody to come to the rescue because they're trying to fight to hold on to what they have. They're trying to hold on to what little they have so they don't end up in that situation. And no one wants to ask someone for help. You know, look, Drew, I can't pay my mortgage this month or I can't pay my car payment or I need to pay my student loan payment or whatever it is. I can't do that. That's not a comfortable conversation you have with your associates because nobody wants that burden. 
So for Black people to slip off the employment ranks and they don't immediately find a job, while they're already five steps behind, now they're 10 steps behind to get back to where they were. And so what ends up happening within companies when they think about diversity, so first thing they do is they go out and hire diversity. You have to solve the diversity problem. <laughs> yeah. All you just did is add another person to your payroll, but you didn't solve the diversity problem because no one person can solve all the diversity problems. Even if that person is a great thinker and sees the future and can outlook, within Duke, and I think I'm comfortable saying this, within Duke, there are so many pockets of racism and discrimination. I was talking to a friend of mine that's in my neighborhood. She's a professor at Duke and her boss is a white female. And she says that almost every time she talks to her, she throws a microaggression at you. You know, you could have done this or you, you shouldn't behave this way in class or, you, you know, and it's like, you know, that autonomy that faculty have, they are supposed to be governed by whoever's the department chair or whatever it is. They're supposed to have freedom. But when someone is constantly reminding you of how ineffective you are, you change how you work. You change how you see the world. You yeah. change what you do in your aspect because one, you don't want to lose that job. And two, the pain of those microaggressions where there's nowhere to go. She can't go back to the woman and say, well, okay, no, that's not correct. Oh, you shouldn't say that to me because that's her leadership. So she can't go and say and do it. She wants to constantly altering yourself to fit into a space where white people have built or allowed you to be. I talk about this a lot when I give talks to companies and that's about privilege. So white privilege, we all know what that is and you all have it in a limited amount. The question is black and brown privilege. So we have it when you give it to us. It's either asked or allowed. So if you say, Rochelle, I'd like you to come work for me. You asked me some privilege. If I I apply for a job and you hire me, you allow me some privilege. How long and how deep is that privilege? So if let's just say you hired me as your chief Linux writer, don't do that because I don't even know how to spell Linux, but let's just say you hired me as your chief Linux writer. And you know, okay, so I've been allowed this privilege, but I don't know how to write Linux code and I'm screwing up constantly. So my privilege with you shrinks because now I'm not who you thought I was or I'm not doing as well as you thought I was. So my privilege gets smaller. And every day, white people cycle privilege around black people, you know, allowing you to attend a meeting, asking you to do this, but you don't get a, a free privilege. Be yourself, go do what you wanna do. So I would guarantee you that your supervisor, your leadership doesn't question you and your work ethic. You know, if you if you came in to work at 10 o'clock and went home at two o'clock, you know, somebody tried to find you or jabber you or something and you didn't respond. You know, they may ask you, Drew, we tried to get a hold of you yesterday or whatever it is. What happened? Well, I had a headache and I had to go home and lie down or my kid was sick or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Or I might just say like, I just signed off. Like, I, I don't even know that I'll give an explanation. <laughs> and nobody questions that. No one. Do that. Be black. Do that. Be brown. No, that didn't have that worked. And so although companies talk a good game about diversity and inclusion, 
What my company does is not try to make you diverse or understand diversity and inclusion. We can give you some talks and give you some language. This thing I do about white privilege, I do it all the time. And a lot of people look at me, white people get mad as hell with me when I say it, but I don't care about that either. But I don't want, I don't want Duke or anybody else. They have to figure that out for themselves. What I want Duke and everybody else to do is to keep the good people that you have so you don't have to keep going out hiring people over and over and over and over again, you know, so you go institutional and historic knowledge are the most valuable things a new hire gets and takes when they leave a company. And companies need to recognize rebuilding that bridge. Okay, so I didn't work out as your Linux writer. You fired me. Now you got to go out and hire some. So first you got to go dig through some interviews, get some people come in. You know, okay, this is the next person. All the time you spent training me and getting me ready to do that job is now lost. It's just, that, that's money waste. It's just gone. Yeah. But what if you said, Rochelle, you can't write Linux, but you could actually be an exceptional technical writer. You got that. Why don't you do this? The company recognizes my good and my bad. They provide me an avenue to grow, and they didn't let me go. And that's what my company does. Thank you for listening to Eminent Technology. If you like the show, please review, subscribe, and recommend us to your friends and family. We'd love to hear feedback from you as well. You can email us at eminentteachnology at gmail.com. See y'all soon.